friends. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together, we're two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed mental health counselor, aka therapist, and a new mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as sisters, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that follow, like, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and spreads the love to others to get resources and help for their mental health. All right, sister. Um, so we are revisiting what we talked about last week, but we're doing an application this week because it's such a big subject and it's so hard. We chose, you and me, three <laughs> stories to do. Yes. And for those of you who don't remember, this is part two of self-healing. So if you didn't listen to the first self-healing episode, go back, listen to last week's, and that will give you a good feel of like what we're kind of going for with self-healing. Um yeah. And now we're going to apply those principles that we talked about last week. So, yeah. So just to recap, because it's been a week, um, there are five concepts that we're working off of for application. The first one is pick the path that you want to take. Second one is have a plan or goals. Third is what could be your obstacles and how can you work around those obstacles? Fourth is have support. And five is identify your journey or your identity. Like what do you want from this journey, right? And I think that's really hard one. Um, Any questions on those ones? Because we talked about them last week. Not for me, but if anybody has a question that's listening, like feel free to drop us a line um, and we'll answer your questions. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Um, So the first story that we chose, Britt, is drumroll. Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day is Cinderella. Remember the Brandy version of Cinderella? Oh my gosh, that was my favorite. I loved it. Things are happening every day. That was so fun. and the other day I did call my son Cinderfella and he thought that was so fun. Oh yeah. Do you remember that show? They used to have it at, I think it was Disneyland where they did like the, in the oh, frontier. Was in Hole. Oh, that's right. That one yeah. was so funny. It was the RJ Wranglers in Jackson Hole. I, I don't know if they're still around or not, but I don't know. So we're, we're banking on a lot of people knowing this story. The background of the story, Britt, is... Okay, so the basic overview of Cinderella, just as a refresher, um, Cinderella is a beautiful young girl. Her mom died when she was little. She was um, super close to her dad. They had a great relationship. And then her dad dies suddenly after he's just been remarried. So she is left with this evil stepmother and her two daughters, um, Drizella and Anastasia. And they are horrible. I know. I know. And they're horrible to her. So rather than treating her as the beautiful girl that she is, both inside and out, they make her work and slave for them. She finds an opportunity to go to a ball. Frank Godmother comes and it's all magical and impossible things happen. And she goes to the ball and she looks beautiful. And she falls in love with the prince, loses a glass slipper, and he finds her with her glass slipper. But there's like an epic moment where she stands up to her stepmother and comes down the stairs and is like no i am really the person that she belongs to she tried to lock her up in the the attic and like hide her away and cinderella stands up for herself like yes which is an epic pivoting of the story right to get her like the ending that she really wants because at the end she had to fight for it even though she kind of got like this very godmother and everything happening for her she at the end had to do it herself and stand up for herself nobody could do that besides her yes 
So we had mentioned some key actions or behaviors from the last episode. And we're going to kind of look at how Cinderella applied those in her story. The ones that I had pulled out, and if you, there's going to be others too, right? But it's forgiveness, self-compassion, positive self-talk, gratitude, mindfulness, and taking care of your physical body. So Britt, what do you think was like, and these are just like a list, right? There's a lot more to self-healing and actions and behaviors just besides this. This is like the top ones. What was like a big pivoting point for you when she finally was starting to do something for herself? Oh my goodness. My brain was like stewing for a second. Okay. Um, a big pivoting point when she decided to do something for herself, she had had like encouragement from kind of some of her little friends and stuff. Right. Yeah, like, and the Disney one, it's Gus Gus and his yes, little, his and, little like, birds and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they totally encouraged her to do something for herself. And she finally decided like, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she kind of had to come to that realization on her own, obviously, because they were kind of trying to push this and, um, I think it was just with that positive peer pressure, kind of like these ones that loved her, even though they were rodents and the animated one, but like they like pushed her forward. And in some of the other versions, it was maybe it was like a friend, like I'm thinking like the Hillary Duff version yeah. or like ever after. I think it was just her own memories and like going back to like mm-hmm. the things that she had read and she had to pull it out of herself for who she really was. Well, she- in and ever after it was her going to protect the husband of one of the house servants that was being yes. sold. But so she had was, read like Utopia and stuff so many times. Yeah, but she was she, she acted because she was trying to keep a part of her support system. Yes. Which yeah. is cool. But it still was something that like came from inside. And yeah. I think that, that was great. Like that motivation from wherever it came from, like the little inner voice of like from like your inner childhood or a friend nodding you, like pushing you along. I think that I kind of think that's where her pivoting point was. I think it's cool though, because you can see a direct correlation to this outside support, whatever it may be, or external factor that's driving them to do something is immediately triggered by in the Cinderella story, a physical expression of empowerment. She goes and puts on a pretty dress and every single one of them, she goes and does something for her body after being so treated poorly from external factors. Right. And if you notice in a lot of these stories, when they're tearing people down, the first thing is they'll put them in rags. They'll demean their appearance. Like the first thing that people attack is your external hardware. Cause they know that it wears on your body for so long. And I think that's something that's interesting because like I said, it was a, it was a concept her mom taught us from when we were little, but being a therapist now, I can see the depths of this concept has for healing and empowerment is how you treat your own external body, how you treat like this really does matter and how this processes your worth. Mm-hmm. And the minute that Cinderella was encouraged by her little friends to go and do one of her mom's old dresses and then um, same and ever after and all the stories and renditions, it's like own what, how pretty you are, own who you are. And everybody has their own version of pretty, right? So it doesn't have to be typical, but own how what makes you feel pretty inside and reflect that to the external world. And you're going to automatically feel better about yourself. And then when they're torn down, because she was torn down, she right. had the support of a fairy godmother or people taking care of her, or people wanting to help. And other people will continue to do that, right? So I think it's almost like if we were to take these concepts, you can see like that external support system. Then you see that acting in empowerment of behavior and then that positive self-talk. And then that, like, I can do this. I can go and help people. And then that taking care of your physical body expression. And then you can see like this forgiveness of themselves. Cause it's almost like, in this process, I mean, 
so complicated to go and forgive your abusers, right? Like that's a totally different subject that is so individualized and with trauma, such a hot mess. But I think there's a point too, where it's like, you have to forgive yourself to be on this healing path, forgive yourself for the pain that you've been through. And then some people are even like, well, how did like Cinderella is really, you know, all the stories really pretty. And then she's like, well, how did I let myself not take care of my body? And that's, that's like a forgiveness process for her, right? Of like, it's okay that I've ended up in this spot, but I don't want to continue being this spot and I'm going to move forward. And that's where you can really see her healing path come is like, she's forgiving herself for, for whatever like position she's been in. And that's sometimes the best forgiveness in these kind of stories is like, like let yourself own who you are and it's okay. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And it, I think it's really like, especially if it's something like if you're coming out of an abusive situation, it's not that you have to forgive your abusers as your first step, but like choose to move forward. Like don't let it pull you back. Yeah. Um, I think that forgiving you, your abusers is really messy. It, it's I'm not going to look different for everybody. Like I was talking to a friend even, recently yeah. about this, but yeah. Um, I think it's just important to remember, like, for your own, like, don't let what had happened to you from your abusers define you. Like, find that worth. I love, too, that in all of the renditions, that the dress came from her mom. Like, Mm -hmm. her mom wasn't there anymore, but it was kind of like that whole, like, we're a part of a bigger picture. We have this whole, like, ancestors, and you can see this in so many cultures just throughout history, Mm -hmm. that we are not alone. Um, it gives you like that greater perspective of just being like, there's other people encouraging you, mm-hmm. whether you can feel it or not. Like you're just a part of, you know, this puzzle and it needs you there. So that, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it's cool. I think it's pretty because it's like, if you think about how your mom would treat you in that moment, at least most moms, I mean, I know there's always an exception, yeah. but like mm-hmm. what I would want to do if I wasn't there for my baby is to pass on something to make them feel wonderful and, and so important and so loved. Right. And that's the cool thing. When you were talking about the forgiveness thing too, I just remembered this, like they taught us in grad school, this wonderful thing of where it's like anger and everything like that is like a pebble in your shoe. And the minute that you can put it out of your shoe is for you. It's not for the other person. It's all about your comfort, your mm-hmm. peace and your ability to heal. Right. Well, and you know it's not saying that it's because of ever after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that? No, That's right. a pebble in their shoe. Oh my goodness. So terrible. Yes. Yeah, so like ever after wisdom. And it's like, this isn't anything about like, like them. Like, you don't need to do anything for them. They are the ones, like, the stepmom was terrible. And you know what? Like, at the end, I think she even was like, I forgive you for me, not for you. Like, exactly. Like, this is about me. And that's where it's like, that's how it should be applied. And it should be applied where it's like, this is my journey and this is for me, not anything about, like, you need anything. Yeah. Um, So I think that's where you can see this, like, beautiful story of all these things happening. And Cinderella was always very graceful. I remember it's like... um. What's the Disney one's motto, Brittany? What? Always, it, like, be brave to be kind. There's, like, the the live action one where, like, they have a quote in there. No, it's not. Yeah. Um. Oh, be brave and be kind. Yeah. Oh, have courage and be kind. That's what it is. Have courage and be kind. And I think it's cool because you can see that's kind of, like, her motto. But it's, like, that is a very mindful thing to be I, you know what I mean like where you're intentionally choosing to be kind yeah and not letting what has happened to you define you mm-hmm. and she did stay in that rut for a while right like she allowed her not allowed herself but like she was stuck in that she got hurt so badly yeah. she got stuck right and, got and like stuck. yeah and, and, and I took that encouragement and that like that sense of just like her self-worth to pull her out 
with the help of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a part of a bigger picture. People have loved me. Like, I think, forget. I think that's where at the end of the day, that's where I hear a lot of clients get stuck of how or why did I let this happen? Right. And that's where I'm saying that forgiveness component comes into play for yourself of have compassion and kindness for yourself because the yep. journeys that we go through, the pains that we have are extremely difficult to overcome. And let's be honest, like nobody is you in that moment. And to, to have other people judge or to assess and for you to sit there and say, I should have or could have, like it's hard enough to handle life in order to pass out other judgment, especially yourself with negative talk, let it go. And that's where you can start to see her shift from, I'm no longer going to let myself stay in this spot, I'm going to progress because I want to, right? And it's yeah. that you can see her come to life again. And it's it's amazing when you can see people come to life again because they've decided that they're ready to move on. Yeah. It's like super inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, who knew this movie that we had always watched for, you know, from the time we were teeny. <laughs> it was a story we've heard and the different renditions or, yeah. I know you hear it so much. And it, I think the reason why people liked it throughout time is because it is a rags to riches kind of story. Yeah, but we well, like to see this hope. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of like self hope. Like yeah, like you had said, it's just that positive. Just I don't know, remembering who you are and why you're important, and that you can be beautiful despite your circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we ready to move on to the next one. Number two. Number two. This one happens at P. Sherman Wallabooey, Sydney. We're going. Oh my goodness, Nemo swimming out to sea. <laughs> I touched the butt. Yeah, that's my favorite line. It's new shooting to shoot. We watched that with Banks for the first time the other day, which BT dubs he loves because he's a water boy. Um, and it was hilarious. Cute. He was like totally into it. Cute, cute, cute. He likes Arlo too. Good dinosaur is a hit in our house. So. He's a Pixar kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so okay, so Nemo is second. Talk about Nemo. Finding Nemo. <laughs> Um, okay. So the basic story of this one, I guess, is if you haven't seen it, it's been a while. Nemo's mom is dead. So again, he's with his dad and what you should say it like Olaf. Oh, um, (laughs) just joking. Our mom died. (laughs) You guys haven't seen Olaf shorts. They are hilarious. Yeah. The Olaf (laughs) is an emaciated shrimp. So funny. They're so funny. I think he did Nemo. Don't quote me on that. No, I don't I don't remember. Okay. Sorry. So Marlon's um wife and all of his kids except one, which he had like what a hundred eggs in there. Oh, that's right. All so got maybe. eaten by this me barracuda. And it's really sad. So he was like a really pretty happy normal fish, it seemed like, with his wife before. And then very, very scared after, which makes sense. Hello, major trauma right there, right? So mm-hmm. he was trying to protect his kid, trying to keep him safe. Nemo goes to school for the first time. Nemo tries to go touch the butt. He shouldn't touch the butt, which is the boat. <laughs> and um, it gets taken by a scuba diver who thought he was being nice. So don't steal no fishes from the sea, people. Um, and then Marlin goes on his way to try and like save Nemo and bring him back home because that's his only thing. He meets Dory along the way and he gets like meet sharks and all these crazy things right yeah and he really has to overcome his own like what's it called when you want to be home all the time agoraphobia yeah he definitely like developed that i mean he he has like clinically he has major trauma right and he definitely is very very scared of the world as a result of his trauma um high anxiety levels very rigid and thinking 
make sense. But yeah. then he pairs up with a fish that has zero memory and loves people. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. it's a great pairing. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie, sorry. They make it back home, all of them. And they are all friends. So yes. that's pretty good. They find Nemo. Hmm? Yeah. So where do we start with this one? Because it's, <laughs> it's definitely something I think we all relate to of something scary or bad happens in our life. And then we are are trying to figure out how to be okay after, right? Like, yeah. And trying to figure out our way to make it through this world again. And I, I feel like this is a very relatable story for all of us in a different way. Yeah. Even if it's not death, just like that fear of something. In yeah. Outside. Well, I mean, it, it, like I, when I was five, I had to go to the doctors regularly. We checked for cancer. Right. And after that, going to the doctors for, and that was regularly. Um, and I didn't understand it cause I was five and that was till I was 11 and I was going all the time. And that was like going to the doctors was extremely terrifying. Even now I'm 30, I've worked through it and I had to bring everybody to my pregnancy appointments because I was too high with my blood pressure every single time. Cause I have white coat syndrome now. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's always like some journey that we have where it's not the same as poor Marlins, but it is like there's some situation that has happened that's confirmed our worst fears, and then we are having to push forward in our life and how we can handle it. So, where do we start with him? Okay, I guess like first place to start. How did he heal from this, Tay? Like, how did Mar like how did Marlon find healing? It wasn't easy. He, he was, was resistant. Like, he was pushed. Like, yeah. and I think sometimes this is a hard part is exposure therapy. Like. Like my analogy with the doctors, I I had to go to the doctors. I could never not go again, right? But the more that I did it, the more I'm like, okay, my worst fears are no longer confirmed. And for Marlon, the the sea was scary. Like there was a lot out there. He didn't know what he was going to have or what was going to happen. And he just, because of the situation, because of love, like a greater motivator. And you have to remember, fear is such a strong motivator, but it is not all empowering. There is Oh, there are a lot stronger ones, right? right? Love, connections, relationships, families. And that's what you have to use to continue to override that initial one, which is fear. Fear seems strong, but fear is actually pretty weak and can break pretty easily. So for Marlon, what happened was, yeah, his kid got taken, which is terrifying in a different way, but also his love and his need for that connection was so strong that he was willing to swim across the whole ocean to Sydney Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney, right? <laughs> um, and that's where it started for him. Then he paired up with people. So his supports were huge for him. Dory was a very unlikely pair, but a great pair. Yeah. And he was definitely still resistant, even when he like met these people. Oh, yeah. 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 But it was repeated, repeated, like over and over. You see one situation goes up and then the other one comes down and he, you know, they meet sharks, they go through jellyfish, they meet turtles, they, um, shoot, I don't remember all of them. I just know, you know, he the thinks he's dark, dead. And like the, yeah. 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 The, the fish that uh, just keep swimming. Yeah. Or like um, jump into the seagull's mouth or the pelican's mouth, like to get uh -huh. it, you know, like that. And was they were scary. in a whale after they talked whale. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you've I mean, seen it more recently than I have, but there's some pretty epic stuff there. So I think that's where, um, you, you start seeing that he opens up more as a movie goes on because he was forced to, and that's called exposure therapy, honestly. Um, where we show and repeated efforts that the, the fear that you have is no longer 
as much as credible as you once gave it. There's a possibility that there are zones that, you know, um, can, yeah, yeah, be opened up. I think yet again, too, like this is another reminder, like Cinderella, that um, the people that you're around, those connections that you make can really have an influence on your perspective. Mm -hmm. So when it was just him and he was like fussy Gus and whatever, like nobody touched my kid. Don't look at this. And And nobody was there to correct him. Yeah, Nobody was there to correct him or he just pushed them all away. Right. And like he just needed that right friend to be Mm -hmm. like, you know, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Like that positive self-talk, like teach Mm -hmm. you love, teach you gratitude, like all of these things. Like Dory was such a great example for him as a friend Mm -hmm. that was able to teach him these skills to like instigate his self-healing. And I think that's such a good reminder for all of us. Like if you're on this journey of self-healing, what are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding Mm -hmm. yourself with people who lift you up? Are you surrounding yourself with people who lift you down? Mm -hmm. Well, not what are the what are the messages that you're allowing to live in your head rent free? Like, what yeah. do you think is and what are you using to confirm? And I we had to be reminded of this all the time is there's a confirmation bias. Meaning there's we are leaning towards one way. Like I everybody on the planet can tell me that the doctor is safe. Like, yeah, okay. I know, like yeah. I logically know, but I don't feel that until I feel camaraderie, until I, I took my mom, I took my husband, like anybody, you know, even though I loved my doctor, it was still, I, and I love her still, but it was still, I needed somebody else to physically feel safe. And that's where sometimes it's that, that group that you have, but you also have to remember there's a dialogue going in her head. Sometimes we can get it out and sometimes you just need another person to get it out for you. And that's yeah. It. Yeah. And on your journey to self-healing, just remember, like, it's okay to reach out to friends, even if you haven't always been super social in the past or whatever, kind of like mm-hmm. Marlon was, like, go find people, go find your people and, like, you know, go find the right people who will lift you up. And I think that's, like, awesome to remember. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, too, because you can see how much Dory used positive self-talk, like, that just keep swimming and everything will be fine. Oh, yeah. And I remembered something finally. And, and everything was, like, an epic win for her. And Marlon, everything was an epic fail. And you can see yeah. how the positive self-talk really determined their interpretation of the situation. And then I remember him trying to get through the jellyfish and he finally made it a game, finally made something great. Mm-hmm. And it, it did work. But then, I mean, the outcome was Dory got stung, which was really sad. But it was cool because he finally broke through and saw that her positive self-talk overcame really negative situations and it can continue to do that. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So that story ended up turning out good. Cinderella ended up turning out good. And they were both, you can see the paths of, of, you know, healing that is amazing. But then we thought that it would be interesting to look at a path where it went a little askew for somebody. So we chose... Maleficent. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Maleficent was definitely not a person who surrounded herself with those people with a positive energy. She allowed her internal dialogue to really get the best of her <laughs> so if you don't remember maleficent maleficent's the villain from sleeping beauty <laughs> and yeah. she has her own story yeah so if you haven't seen like the origin story um it's with angelina jolie and it tells like the background of how maleficent became maleficent in sleeping beauty um, spoiler alert she goes bad yeah in case you didn't know maleficent is a villain <laughs> Like probably one of the worst villains. Uh, She's usually the leader. Yeah. That's how Disney usually portrays her at least. Yeah. Um, But she was really hurt. Like she, she was like a, I don't remember what she was exactly. A fairy or something. These like beautiful wings and Mm -hmm. she could fly and um, she was beautiful and she'd fallen in love. 
and she was betrayed and the man that she'd fallen in love with cut her wings off and this made her so upset and all she wanted like she she just really gave into all of her pain and her anger and everything just turned into like betrayal and revenge and like the rest of the story was really just her trying to get even for his ultimate betrayal which was horrible i'm not justifying what he did but the way she responded was so different than the other two we talked about so i think it's really sad because you can see how her life became super dark when she gave into the dark feelings and it's all justified feelings however she gave a lot of power to him and i think that's the part that makes me the saddest is because when people are hurt and when we're wounded in life like totally valid yes you should be hurt you should be all of these feelings however how much power are you giving that person that did that to you to continue to shape your life in the for the future right yeah. for me i would i mean and yes we've all had this but it's like do you want that person to continue to influence you or do you want to have a separation of it and for her she was just so stuck in her anger and her pain that she couldn't see that he still had control of her life and that's where you can see the choices that she made, right? Instead of going down the path of like, of trying to like give herself peace and give herself healing, she went down the path of revenge because she was so angry at this person. And yeah. that's where you can see her whole life came dedicated to him, which is interesting because it's like, well, he's the one that hurt you the most. And yet you're still so dedicated to this person. Yeah. When did you want them like totally gone from your life? But- I can see why she would choose what she chose. It's just she chose some opposite coping skills. Yeah, like extremely opposite. And then mm -hmm. like if we use Cinderella versus Maleficent, right? There were times mm -hmm. when Cinderella, right, was like, I'm going to pull myself up and I'm going to go to this ball, right? Like she stood up to her stepmother and then it got destroyed, right? Like, mm -hmm. And it was cruel. Yeah. And it was cruel. And they ripped her dress and they shoved her in the basement and they, you know, like she mm -hmm. was pushed down. And in that moment, Cinderella could have just as easily have become Maleficent because mm -hmm. Maleficent tried to become better and then she was pushed down, right? Mm -hmm. So at this point, like you have these two different things, but then where Cinderella was able to be lifted up by somebody, she was able to find another reason to move forward mm -hmm. and Maleficent just found another reason to like stew on those thoughts. Yeah. Well, I even think of Count of Monte Cristo with this one too. Oh, totally. You know, like his whole life became dedicated to revenge and everything else. And at the end, it's like he came out with more money. He came out with a kid with the person that he loved. She still loved him. All he had to do was walk back and be like, I'm alive. And everything would have been his again. But because he let his anger fester so much, it became very convoluted. And a lot of destruction happened in that pathway. Yeah. And that's where it's like you can see the difference in these stories of give yourself open-mindedness and and all these concepts that we're talking about of self-forgiveness and self-compassion and and you know taking care of yourself versus revenge and anger and and that path and you can see how they diverge in opportunities relationships connections like support maleficent had nobody like she had no one she yeah. was so alone and so in pain when she had a whole forest that loved her and she was in a community before and then everything was terrified of her at the end, right? Like, yeah, she lost everything out of pain. And that's, again, giving more power to the abuser when it could just be, you know, a different pathway for her. 
Yeah. Another story I'm thinking about too, like another classic one is uh, the great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Like remember Gatsby set his whole life to go win Daisy back. And at the end of it, all of this just revenge and inner, like mm-hmm. that, like just not allowing themselves to heal, but just like fighting for that inner angst. Like, Oh, I yeah. have been wronged. And I mean, he was wronged in different ways. Right. Gatsby mm-hmm. was, um, but at the end he dies like he's Mm -hmm. he's he gets nothing and so maleficent doesn't die but well i guess she does she does at the end of sleeping beauty but like Mm -hmm. um prince philip kills her but yeah he lives this miserable existence like Mm -hmm. it's just you this is the perfect example to see like the what it's just alone and sad yeah this is a perfect example especially if you're on that journey to self-healing of what not to do. Like just to look and just say, if you need a little bit of motivation to be like, man, my life really sucks right now. Right? Like Cinderella, you're in the basement, your dress has been ripped. Like things are really sucking. Like, why do I, why was I on this journey to self-healing? I just really want to like go and just like scream at somebody. Right. Mm. Don't be that person. Don't be like Maleficent. Like use this as a motivator to be like, I can pick myself up. I can brush myself off literally and I can heal because I want that for myself. I don't want to be this. Like, yeah. forget the abusers. Forget any of these other things that have happened to you and just say, I'm doing this for me. Yeah. This is about you at the end of the day. And I always think, like, you know, it's it's you or them. And if you want to really come out at the end of the day, then you have to figure out what you're willing to look towards and build instead of continue to hold on. And some things, it's that Buddhist concept of you, we have to let go to heal. We have to be yeah. able to accept the reality of the situation, accept the pain, accept the suffering, and accept that the next step can be beautiful. And I think that part is really hard for people, that the next step can be beautiful. Because they think that all they've ever known, just like me, all I've ever knew was a doctor was terrifying, right? I, and then I loved my pregnancy doctor or whatever. And, and I'm simplifying it for a reason because these concepts are super big and I'm not trying to say everybody's on the same path. Again, trauma and all these things, abuse is super complicated and there's a lot to it. So we're not trying to oversimplify. These are just basic concepts of, of how much are you holding on to um, these feelings and how much are you allowing them to dictate your next behavior and your future? It's okay to have these feelings. It's okay that they come up. It's okay that you have anger, frustration, pain, like that's absolutely normal. And you should, you have to feel those, you have to experience those, but it's about, am I allowing that to then become my destiny in my future? Or am I just saying that this is a part of my journey? Is this how I'm breaking my Kintsugi? Or am I letting it go back together with some pure gold? And that's where I think you can really see Maleficent just kept breaking and trying to super glue things back together all messy. And it was almost like, you know, kindergarten style trying to put herself back together. But then you look at Cinderella or even Marlon from Nemo and it was like, I am going to find that gold. I will work to find that so that I can have a better future. And that's what these concepts are is like when you're going and and trying to figure it out the support that you have, the environment that you have, all these things is going to determine how better you put yourself back together and how you determine what future you can have. Absolutely. Yeah. Putting out that like positive energy and that is like, you'll reap more of it if that's what you Mm -hmm. put out. 
Yeah. And it doesn't have to be blind positivity because no, definitely not. That's also unrealistic too. Like some things just suck and that's okay. Like, and feel all the feelings, like definitely yeah. feel all the feelings. Yeah. But yeah. if anybody knows that my husband will definitely testify. I feel all the feelings, but at the end of the day, I have to stop myself and say, where do I go from here? And what's the next step? And do I want this to determine my future? Yeah. Don't get stuck in your rut, but yeah, exactly. These are good reminders. So we'll go over one more time. Like just those like steps that you can take the five points that we want you to remember if you're on a journey to self-healing. So Mm -hmm. the first one was pick the path that you want to take. And the second one was have a plan and goals. The third one was what could be your obstacles and then how can you work around them? Don't just use your obstacles as a stopping point. (laughs) Find a solution. I work with that. My kids all the time. Uh, Number four is have a support And number five is identify your journey or your identity and what do you really want? Mm -hmm. So these are a great starting point if you're working on this. So start with the empowerment. And from there, a lot of these other things, the actions and behaviors will come into play. The self-compassion, positive self-talk, gratitude, mindfulness, taking care of your physical body and forgiveness of yourself. They will all come. Yeah. If you just start walking down that path of self-healing, like at least you're on the path. It starts to come more, more than you think it will. So, yeah, I love that. All right. Well, thanks for the hope, Tay. Um, and thank you for listening, guys. Feel free to follow us on Uhane Counseling. Um, we'll be posting our reminders of these steps and resources that we'd mentioned in the first episode. And we'll catch you later. Thanks. Bye.